The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you get your podcasts. Listen up, Ohio, because this is a test from Pepsi. If you call Seabus Seatown, you're not from Ohio. If you don't know the Blue Jackets actually have a fifth line, you're not from Ohio. And if you don't know what to say when someone yells OH, you're not from Ohio. We know this because at Pepsi, we are from Ohio. In fact, we bottle ice cold Pepsi right here in Seabus. So when you're thirsty for something that says you're from here and proud of it, grab a Pepsi and say here's to OHIO, where Pepsi and life are oh so refreshing. I'm Adam Weinrib. And I'm Thomas Carinante. We're bringing you the most complete and hilarious Yanks chat you'll find anywhere. This is the Yanks Go Yard podcast, courtesy of Fanside. Welcome to the Yanks Go Yard podcast. I'm Adam Weinrib alongside Thomas Carinante. And today we're going to be doing something special for you guys. Uh, This is something we like to call Yanks for the Memories, Thomas. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a great segment for us moving forward. Um, and I think this is a great opportunity for the fans. You know, as we mentioned for the last couple of pods, head over to Apple Podcasts, head over to the iTunes store, head over to Spotify, give us a listen, give us a five-star rating, uh, write us a nice little review and include some, you know, like we said, questions, comments, or anything. But we're going to have this Yanks for the Memories segment, I think, going for a little while. So toss in your favorite memories of the Yankees. Uh, We're going to go through a few of um, our personal favorites and we could build off fan experiences here because, you know, we've only, we only have so much as two fans. We want to hear what the greater Yankees community has to say about this too. Yeah. And we are fans just like you We're we're psychotic. We definitely have been to more than our fair share of games. uh, And I'm sure we've seen a lot of the things that you guys have, but there is nothing like your own personal memory of a game. Uh, and there's nothing like going to Yankee Stadium for real. It's probably the greatest thing we've lost this year uh, in terms of the way we experience sporting events. And it's also probably, you know, going back to 2008, you know, we already lost the stadium and now we've sort of lost the ability to go to the stadium in general. So it's having us feeling pretty reflective about this whole thing. Um, so we definitely want to hear from you because that, you know, no one can replicate your personal story about attending a crazy Yankees game or the worst game you've ever been to, or the absolute best moment you've ever had at the stadium. And we want to hear from you. So we figured Thomas and I will run down a few categories today, tell a couple stories, and then hopefully you guys like it, you listen, you drop comments, and you give us some of your own stories. Find us on Twitter, uh, find us in the iTunes store and Apple Podcasts, and we'll be able to do some more of these segments, uh, hopefully with a few of your stories built in. Um, So Thomas, let's start off here. Um, We've all been to, you know, plenty of games, 
probably 10, 15, 20 a year, ever since we were old enough to start buying tickets on our own. Uh, but sometimes you sit in the upper deck, you spend $8 because you want to get in. Sometimes you do standing room. Uh, Yankee Stadium actually has great standing room, hot take. You guys should probably check that out. You can be behind home plate, <laughs> basically, uh, for yep. the price of admission. Uh, but sometimes you splurge, and sometimes you, you trip ass backwards into something dope. Um, so, Thomas, what are the best seats you have ever had for a Yankee game? Yeah, this this was a trip ass backwards into something dope. Uh, shout out to my pops. Uh, back in 99, uh, he managed to secure uh, tickets 20 rows behind uh, the visitor's dugout uh, on the third base side for game four of the 99 World Series. Uh, thrilling experience. It was one of my first games. We'll get to my first one uh, a little bit later on. But, you know, saw Roger Clemens uh, shut down the Braves, uh, saw Mo close it out. Um, and the celebration was just surreal. Um, got to know Frank Sinatra a little bit more when they were blasted New York, New York after we uh, we finished off the sweep. Um, so that was probably the combination of best game I've ever been to and best seats I've ever had. Just especially when you're a kid, you know, it's all magnified, even though you're 20 rows back, like they still look life size uh, because of um, how close you are to the field and how small you are as a human being at that point in your life. I was only nine years old, just for reference. Um, but those seats combined with that experience was hands down the best uh, of my uh, sports viewing career in person. Yeah, I uh, I was lucky enough to sort of over the course of my childhood pick up a couple of random seats like that to uh, never for the World Series. I've never been to a World Series game. Uh, I would like to go. So when the Yanks inevitably make it back, uh, somebody please take me. Uh, no, I'll drop <laughs> my own money on that. But the, the objective best seats I've ever had this is a slightly different conversation. The best seats I've ever had were for sure I was like five or six rows behind first base box seats for Yankees A's in like 2000 when Jason Giambi was still on the A's and he tossed a ball to the stands and a kid like two rows in front of me caught it, but he was clearly one of those rich kids who was in those seats all the time and he grabbed the ball and kind of looked around doing that gesture of like, I have a million of these. I don't want this baseball. Does anybody want this baseball? And I waved at him and he tossed me the ball. So I had this uh, Giambi ball from those awesome seats. I sat in a suite at the old stadium exactly once. I don't remember how I got there, but it was for Yanks White Sox in like 05. Uh, day game. Listen up, Ohio, because this is a test from Pepsi. If you call Seabus Seatown, you're not from Ohio. If you don't know the Blue Jackets actually have a fifth line, you're not from Ohio. And if you don't know what to say when someone yells OH, you're not from Ohio. We know this because at Pepsi, we are from Ohio. In fact, we bottle ice-cold Pepsi right here in Seabus. So when you're thirsty for something that says you're from here and proud of it, grab a Pepsi and say here's to OHIO, where Pepsi and life are oh so refreshing. When Mo saved it, uh, it was probably like 4-2. Uh, kind of an unremarkable game, but uh, Sweet Life is pretty cool eating chicken nuggets during the game. Um, the Probably the best seats I ever had for the best game I was supposed to see, uh, I had box seats 10 rows behind home plate uh, for Yankees Red Sox on September 10th, 2001. Um, it got rained out. We didn't go to the game. And then, of course, the next morning, uh, tragedy struck, which is kind of insane. I've never gone from a high to a low so quickly. Um, I also had pretty damn good seats for game four of the 2005 ALDS. Uh, we were like – you know, that section behind the box seats at the old stadium when you're kind of, you know, you still, you're on the lower level, you're yeah. like lower bowl, uh, right to the right of home plate. We were probably like 10 rows deep. 
we had those seats uh, for my dad's work uh, a good amount, once or twice a year, probably. Uh, and that particular game, Yankees were rallying. It was like, you know, uh, you know, tight. Sean Chacon pitched that game. They're trying to send it back to Anaheim, tied 2-2. And I looked down to my left uh, while the team rallied, and Jared Fogle from Subway was standing in the, in the alleyway just having a conversation. <laughs> Uh, so it's, uh, just, you know, the memories from your childhood that you maybe, you know, that get tainted over the years. But I remember very specifically being like, whoa, Jared from Subway's here. This is the greatest, uh, not the greatest. Um, so speaking of Jared from Subway, uh, sometimes you don't, you don't get to pick the outcome when you go to these games. You know, you, you don't always, you don't always take a dub. Uh, Thomas, what is the worst loss you have ever seen at Yankee Stadium? Uh... This one's recent for me, and you were there with me for it, uh, but I was just so particularly mad back in 2018 because of the Red Sox's just flawless success. Uh, it was game four of the uh, 2018 ALDS at Yankee Stadium. Um, Rick Porcello started that game against CC. Uh, somehow we couldn't get to Porcello. Four hits in one run over, over uh, five innings of work. Uh, CC got tagged a little bit, three earned runs, uh, through three innings pitched. Um, and then what it's just stung even more was Chris sale comes in, in the eighth inning to just, sh just shut down the lineup for those three outs. Um, and the biggest tease of all time was Kimbrell coming in, giving up two runs, bases jacked. And then Gary just tattoos one into left. And you think it's going to go out for a walk-off granny caught at the warning track and just so deflated because we won game two in Boston uh, before losing that friggin' 16 to one massacre in game three, we fully thought that, you know, we were going to put this dream season uh, for the Red Sox to an end after that awesome game two win. Uh, and then we followed that up with the 16 to one stinker. And then just the Oh, so close moment to potentially force a game five and, uh, just crush Boston's hope hopes back at Fenway. But that, that one hurt for me. And that, you know, especially because over the last few years, like these Yankees teams were the ones that we thought could, could really make it happen uh, for the first time since 09. Uh, and, and that was, that was the year for me that, that really disappointed me. Yeah. That was a uh, pretty objectively terrible. Um, the worst loss I, I would say just in terms of, exactly what gets me uh the worst i've ever seen was the, the uh rafael devers game uh in the middle of 2017 which you'd hope would be lost to history by now but apparently it's not apparently that's still a, a sticking point i personally hate blown saves they're the like I, I think a lot of people probably feel that way i hate blown saves and i hate nursing gigantic leads even if the yanks end up winning if an 8-1 game in the sixth goes to 8-7 in the ninth like I have not had fun for an hour and a half. That none of that was good. Despite the fact that they won, I'm still not leaving having a good time. Like there, there's nothing worse than blowing huge leads or blowing a save at the at the last moment. And Aroldis Chapman serving up that home run to Rafael Devers uh, right when the Yankees had the Red Sox down on the ground uh, was just unbelievably deflating and also so predictable and the most Boston thing that ever happened. Uh, I spent that game in standing room. I didn't have seats. But we were in the right field corner behind the judges' chambers and all that stuff for probably the first six or seven innings of that game. Uh, that was a weird one. It was, it was Jordan Montgomery and Chris Sale, I believe. And Austin Romine hit a double off the right field wall that scored a run, took a lead for the Yanks, and they were kind of just skinning their teeth walking along for a while in this one, you know, holding out of that one-run lead. 
And there was a Red Sox fan in the right field, you know, stands with us who was being just absolutely the worst, racist, obnoxious, haunting <laughs> people, like, like truly like eject, ejection worthy oh, behavior. So we, at some point, you know, my friend and I brought a cop over. He, he was looking for the guy. He was like, somebody's reporting someone. And we're like, oh, it's that dude. That's who you want. Uh, and he was like, thanks. So we, the cop went over, grabbed the Sox fan. He started you know, pulling him away. We watched, we watched them take him away, right? Probably in like the fifth inning. So then get to the seventh or eighth, and I'm superstitious. I don't like changing seats or anything like that. And, but we decide to, you know, Sunday night baseball, we got to go. Let's get closer to the exit. And since it's standing room, we can get behind home plate. So we might as well do that. Um, it's like the middle of the seventh or maybe the eighth. And so we walk around the, the concourse to try to get nearer to home plate. And we pass the Red Sox fan who got kicked out of the stadium on our watch. And he's kind of just standing in the concourse ominously looking at us and like mouthing stuff. And it's like, oh shit, like we're totally going to lose this game. Like this is like, there's a ghost now. Like there's a ghost <laughs> looking at us. There's absolutely no way we close this out. And of course you get right to the borderline and, and you know, it, it really looks like you're going to, you're tempting fate, but you're still going to win. And then of course Devers just takes a hundred three mile an hour fastball out to left center. He's like 12 years old. Uh, and that it's just insane that that happened. But like I said, it's also so Boston that that happened. Uh, so that's definitely the worst for a wide variety of reasons. I think that's the worst loss I've ever seen. Although I do have a particular fondness for a game I went to in like 2001 or two when uh, we were late. We got into the game. Roger Clemens gave up like six or seven runs to the White Sox in the first inning, and it was already over. Uh, so not the same kind of L, but also like just a, just a come on, man. And then you know you're like 11, you want to watch the game, but you're sitting there for three hours watching your team not do anything. Um, so on a more, on a lighter note, um, Thomas, what is your best drunk fan story? Oh man. Drunk fan story, uh, combines with maybe, maybe the second best game I've ever been to aside from the 99 world series was, um, the, uh, the ALDS series against the O's when Ibanez hit those two home runs, um, to walk it off in the 12th, um, and I'm sitting in the bleachers. I do not sit in the bleachers anymore. Full disclosure, I, I don't care what Yankee fans think about that. Uh, that is for your 20s, early 20s, and that's about it. After that, it's psychotic. Um, you can't really enjoy the game because you're just getting wasted the entire time. And nobody's ever in the right seat. I don't care what anybody says. It's Nobody's ever in the right seat. It's chaotic. But this was a fun one. Went with five or six of my buddies. Um Back in uh, October of 2012, good times, uh, fresh out of college there. Um, and Ibanez hit the home run in the bottom of the ninth to tie it, and he's still in the game. We go to the 12th, and I don't know how this guy, this guy sitting about two rows in front of us, is he continues to get beer. He was getting beers all game, just like, like, like an assembly line. Just every inning you see him come back, two beers, two beers, two beers. And I don't know, when was the seventh inning rule in place? Has that been a thing forever? Because I, I, I honestly don't know. This guy was coming back beer after beer after beer. And by the 12th inning, he still had two beers, but he was still drinking all. So I don't know. He might've had an arsenal of stuff. Probably just went from innings one through seven and made sure to keep stacking up. Banyas comes to bat in the 12th. Literally, he makes contact with the pitch. You don't see where the ball's going. You just hear the crack of the bat. This guy picks up. Both of his beers completely filled to the brim and throws them 
in the air, soaks everybody in the section, and is screaming on the top of his lungs, running around the bleach. I don't even know how he's running around because it was so crowded, but he was managing to make room for himself, running around um, among all these people through uh, a solid 48 ounces of beer onto everybody's head. And the pandemonium, pandemonium after that was just completely electrifying. Um, and actually after that, I think this, you know, we can, we can combine another drunk aspect of it. There was an O's fan sitting in the bleachers. Don't know why he made that decision to sit there during a playoff game at Yankee stadium, but he was there. And as we're walking out, everybody's talking shit, yelling about the Orioles. And this Orioles fan is literally crying. I think he was really wasted, but he was literally crying saying, I can't believe how you guys treat opposing fans coming into this stadium. It is terrible. And people are sadly making fun of this guy, but clearly wasted, just so emotional because just the most backbreaking playoff, Raul Banyas, who's what, 41 at this time, just burying. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was his 64th birthday. Two home runs, bottom of the ninth, bottom of the 12th. Hi, I'm Flo from Progressive. You know me, I'm a huge football fan, but it can be stressful for us super fans. So Progressive is going to help take your mind off your team for a moment. Instead of thinking about how your team threw the wrong ball on the wrong net, just think about how Home Court Explorer lets you easily compare our direct rates with multiple companies. Well, hope this distraction about Progressive's Home Court Explorer was helpful. It sure helped me from stressing about my team for a bit. Anyway, go sports! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. To just the, the O's were dead after that. Um, but yeah, that was, that was, that was probably the most fun game I've ever been to. And that's, that's easily the drunkest fan I've ever seen who managed to be functional for the entire time. But, uh, it's funny. It's funny you say that because I honestly, I've been to a lot of road stadiums. I don't think I've ever been treated worse than I was at Camden Yards when I went as like a 17 year old in like April, 2008. When the Yankees were, I think, in last place in the division because it was what it was April two thousand eight, so they were like ten and seventeen, and the Orioles were in first or second, and we were just getting told like scoreboard, check the scoreboard, like look a look at the standings, that back, cool, bro, like for nine full innings, and I am a teenager, and it is April, and uh, spoiler alert, the Orioles did not finish two thousand eight in first place, uh, and also. Uh, yeah, so it's between Camden Yards and Fenway Park for me where I've been treated the worst. Uh, Fenway, I got chased into the bathroom by a guy who told me to have sex with his wife because I was wearing a John Lackey t-shirt. Uh, and I wish I could explain that story more, uh, but honestly, I can't. There's really no backstory to it. Uh, that's the beginning, middle, and end of that story. I was wearing a John Lackey t-shirt. Guy started chasing me down the concourse as I went into the bathroom. He followed me. And then he yelled, oh, John Lackey, John Lackey, why don't you have sex with my wife? And then left. Uh, so that's I, <laughs> like, once again, if I could explain it to you, I swear that I would. Uh, but I can't. That's the whole story. But Fenway is obviously the gold standard for being terrible. Camden Yards, right up there. So if that Orioles fan wanted to cry about how we treated road fans, uh, they should look in the mirror maybe. That might be nice. Um, the My favorite drunk fan story, though, uh, I went to a Pedro Clemens game. And I also wish I was older for this. It was like 1999 or 2000. It was Pedro Clemens. It was the one that it wasn't the 16K Pedro game, but it was, I think it was 2-1. I know Trot Nixon Homer to win it for the Sox. Uh, the Yanks did not win this game. Uh, but we had a group of teens behind us getting increasingly drunk as the game went on. And 
you know, they were rowdy, they were crazy, and I'm like nine, and my parents are like, why are we here? Like, why do we take this kid to Yankees Red Sox? But it's kind of a mystery as to why they're getting drunker. They're not getting beer. They're not going anywhere. But they're just getting like very clearly wasted. And then my mom realizes that they've got a Tupperware of pineapple chunks that are soaked in vodka. And they're just absolutely going ham on these pineapple chunks. And they've been downing them the whole game. And by the seventh inning, it's a complete disaster. Like they're heckling. They're like Dominican guys in our section uh, that are like rooting for Pedro and like waving a Dominican flag around. And these people are like, you know, 17 year old punks from Rahway, New Jersey, getting in these like Dominican guys living out their dreams faces, just being like, you're scum, get out. Like it, it just, it was a complete cluster. It was dangerous. Uh, but isn't that what a drunk fan story is all about? Don't you, don't you want, like I, if I were 25, this would be just a hilarious, great time. But I, as it was, I was nine. And I probably didn't go to a Yankees Red Sox game for like five or six years because it was such a slop fest. Uh, but, you know, no regrets. It, it, you know, it's, it's lingered with me to this day. Um, I will also say I had a middle school teacher, I will not name names, whose husband, I believe, got arrested for being drunk at disorderly in Yankee Stadium and was dragged out of the upper deck. So once again, <laughs> won't, impugn, won't impugn anyone and no name will be named. But just, just imagine being me and imagine being in middle school and we're in New York and we're all Yankee fans. And we just, we just know that one of our teacher's husbands got arrested for, for drunk and disorderly conduct at Yankee Stadium. Uh, that's just something that we know. So just think about what your middle school experience would be like if you happen to know that about an authority figure. And uh, that's all I'll say about that. Uh, so we'll wrap it up. Thomas, uh, what is the actual first game that you remember, though? Is it one of those playoff games or is it just like a random game? No, this is this is creepy, and and I I kind of now that we're talking about it, I regret remembering it. Uh, this the first Yankee game that I remember going to was back in 1998. Um, I definitely went to a couple before that, but I don't remember the details. I just remember being at Yankee Stadium. I don't remember the opponents. I don't remember what happened. This I very much clearly remember. It was a doubleheader against the Tigers in Jul- in the middle of July, uh, and the first game went 17 innings uh the tigers managed to win um off of a uh who was it joe randa i think it was it's always joe randa a joe randa rbi single off of darren holmes in the top of the 17th uh so we're there for essentially three games because 17 innings is pretty much two games uh, in the bottom of the 17th, Jeter comes up singles. We're all like, yeah, let's go. Paul O'Neill next at bat, unfortunately, double play. Then Bernie comes up and you're like, all right, we're down one. Like this is, this is our last chance. Rips a line drive to deep left field, caught game over. Uh, so that ended the first game, but the Yankees won the second game, uh, in a, another thriller, uh, 4-3 to, uh, their advantage. Um, and our boy Hideki Rabu was on the mound for this one. Uh, we had a big inning with uh, Luis Soho, Jeter, and O'Neill all ripping RBIs, um, and Jeter ripped an RBI in the third as well. So he had he had uh, t- two batted in for the game. Uh, almost blew it late. Um, uh, Arabu went uh, into the uh, into the uh, eighth inning, gave up a two run blast to Bobby Higginson, and that that was that was the night for him. Mike Stanton came in, um, and then Mo shut it down. Uh, but also a quick note from this one that probably made me remember it uh, as vividly as I do. We're sitting in the mezzanine, so we're underneath the top awning, and 
I don't know how it was even possible, but Chad Curtis, bad man Chad Curtis, who uh, we prefer to not talk about, but this is a uh, pretty prominent uh, life uh, moment for me, rips a foul ball. So we're sitting like, we're sitting on the first base side. We're kind of diagonal to home plate. We're not behind home plate. We're not like deep down the line. He rips a foul ball and I'm sitting, it's me, my dad, uh, my friend and his dad. And I'm sitting, uh, I'm sitting on the end with my friend and uh, our two dads are sitting on the other side. Chad Curtis rips a foul ball backwards. It's going at least a hundred miles an hour. And I'm not paying attention. I'm like eating nachos or some stupid shit. And I turn around and look at my friend and the three of them are like, Oh my God, look out. And I turn around and the, the ball hits the seat next to me and ricochets. I'm pretty sure like 25 seats to the left. Like, I don't even know how it took this launch angle and like hits some guy. It was, it was insane. Long story short, long story short, Chad Curtis, who, um, is I believe in jail right now, uh, almost murdered me with a, uh, line drive foul ball when I was eight years old. Wow. It, it might've been nice for Chad Curtis if he had murdered you, cause then he would have been in jail already <laughs> and the rest of the Chad Curtis stuff, maybe, you know, maybe it doesn't happen. Um, my first, uh, that I wish I had as vivid memories as you did. My first memory of a Yankee game is definitely, I went and saw the Yankees white Sox in 95. I, I can pretty much guarantee that that's the first game I ever went to. Uh, my buddy and I yelled stinky socks at the White Sox for like three and a half hours and the rest of the fans <laughs> let us do that. So really appreciate that. Uh, somehow we snuck down to like the lower bowl, which I don't think ever happened again during my entire tenure going to the old Yankee Stadium. Like literally my first game, we were able to just wander into way better seats. And I feel like every other time I tried that, that was shut down very quickly. But that was great. Um, I know I went to the day when they honored Mickey Mantle because – we tried to get programs, uh, super new programs, and the dudes were like, yeah, we're sold out. We've been sold out for, like, hours. My dad was like, you're never sold out. Like, no one sells out of programs. And they were like, well, we're sold out since the gates open." And then we saw a dude carrying away a box of, like, 55 Mickey Mantle programs. And this is, like, pre-eBay, too. So, like, you're going to go sell those on the street? Like, okay, good luck. Yeah. Like, good, good. let's take those to the baseball card show, and you can sell those to an asthmatic 48-year-old in a motorized wheelchair. So congrats. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed ruining a little kid's day. Um, and then very the sort of weird other early specific memory I have was going to see, you know, your mind warps everything. Like, I want to say I saw the Yankees give up three home runs in a game to Ed Sprague of the Blue Jays. I'm sure it was two home runs. And honestly, it might have only been one. But I remember very specifically sitting in the seats watching Ed Sprague just tear the Yankees to pieces and being like who is Ed Sprague and and why is this happening to me and sometimes I'll think Ed's like it's you know your first memories really impact how you view the world now and sometimes I'll catch myself being like Ed Sprague was pretty good like <laughs> like why did his career fall apart so quickly and it's like I don't think he ever hit more than like 15 homers in a year I actually just looked this up to try to figure out Ed Sprague homered uh the day after hitting Andy Pettit with a line drive in 1998 uh in april april 29th 98 uh they beat ramiro mendoza woody williams won that game that sort of feels like the game i went to uh mendoza hit sprague with an 0-2 pitch and then sprague homered later in that game now that's one that's one homer but like i said honestly kind of feels like it might have been just one homer i just remember sprague being all over the bases all day and it being incredibly annoying 
Uh, well, that's it. That's the first ever edition, uh, an episode long Yanks for the Memories. Uh, tastes like you, but sweeter. Uh, Thomas, h- how do you feel? H- how do you feel this went? Do you, do you want to do this again? Are we going to do this again? I feel like we are. Yeah, we're definitely going to do it again. I think for just, um, you know, uh, keeping it fresh purposes, we got to do it over the course of time so we we uh, we can bank our memories, make sure that we have everything in order because this one took a little bit of research for me just to just to remember a few things and make sure that I have the details because, uh, you know, when you're young and, you know, when you're scarred from so many different losses and happy from so many different wins, you really got to pinpoint which ones are are truly the uh, that make the most impact uh, when you're at the game. So, yeah, we're for sure going to do this. And like I said, please drop in your memories, drop in your comments, drop in your funny stories. We'll mention them. We'll talk about them on the next Yanks for Memories we do, right? Yeah, we want to hear from you. What is your favorite drunk fan story? What's the worst loss you've ever seen? Uh, if somebody followed you into the bathroom at Fenway Park, and if that guy also found you, we want to hear from you. We want to maybe – track that man down and arrest him or at least misdemeanor. I don't know, whatever we could do. Uh, Another Red Sox fan behind bars would be very helpful. Uh, But that's it for this week's episode. We will catch you again next week. Remember to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, on iTunes, on Spotify. Uh, Until next week, I'm Adam Weinrib, and that's at Adam Weinrib on Twitter. And I'm Thomas Carinante, at Tommy's Takes on Twitter. And we will see you. Thanks so much, everybody. See you, guys. Something you probably do know. Progressive can not only offer you a great price when you bundle home and auto, they offer you round-the-clock protection. Something you probably don't know? The average oak tree branch can hold 70 pounds. Something you probably do know? Your neighbor is building their kid a treehouse. Something you probably don't know? A falling treehouse would take out your whole fence. Bundle your home and auto with Progressive and get more than a great price. Get round-the-clock protection. Something you know for the things you don't know. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.